Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about my top 24 ranked running backs for fantasy football in 2021. Inside of today's video, I'm going to be focusing on running backs 12 through 24, as I already have done my top 12 rankings on this channel just about two days ago. Now, normally, I would focus on running backs 13 through 24, but after the injury to Cam Akers, I had to move another running back into the top 12 of my rankings. But before we get into these top 24 rankings, I'd like to ask if at any point inside today's video, you end up enjoying, you end up having a great time, and you are new to my channel, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below because not only is it free, I put out content every single day to try to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship. But I would also appreciate if you guys could hit the like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now, again, with the top 12 guys, except for the guy that I've inserted into the top 12. I will not be going super in-depth with them, so if you guys want to see the video where I actually really go in-depth with each running back, make sure you check out the video from a few days ago. So my running back number one is everyone's running back number one. He is the unanimous running back one in the fantasy football space. No one really talks about anyone besides Christian McCaffrey as the number one ranked guy, and that is for good reason, because he's the only running back that can really drop 30 points per game on a just every single game, basically. At number two, we got Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara at three, and four is Derrick Henry, I think, that in any range there, you could put any of those guys at two to four, and I would not really disagree with that. At number five, we have Saquon Barkley, who is in danger of moving down my rankings right now. I'm starting to get a little bit more worried about the fact that it seems like he's going to be on a pitch count early on in the season, meaning they're going to try to limit the amount of touches that he's going to get early on in the season, which is definitely going to hurt him. The question is, is how many games will it be before they give him that full workload that he normally gets on a given season. So we will have to see as the reports continue to come out in late August and early September before your guys' fantasy football drafts that I could give you guys my best opinion on Saquon Barkley. I still think he'll be fine, though, after he gets off that pitch count, but it is kind of worrisome to draft a guy who, for the first four games, potentially, of the season won't be getting as many touches as normal. At number six, we have Aaron Jones, who is also in danger of moving moving down my rankings, not really because of his play or any injury or anything, but because the fact is that it seems like Aaron Rodgers may not come back. Now, I have been beating the drum that Rodgers is going to return, right? Rodgers is just kind of pissed off about what happened at the end of this season. He's going to get paid, and they offered him this fat contract, such a big contract that he probably would have had to accept it on one of those huge checks that you get for winning the lottery, but he said no to that. He said no to becoming the highest paid player in NFL history in the NFL right now, I believe, so that's not great for Aaron Jones. Again, Aaron Rodgers, could he return 100%, but I'm definitely getting a little bit more nervous as the days dwindle on. At number seven, we have Ezekiel Elliott, eight, Jonathan Taylor, nine, Austin Eckler, and at number 10, we got nine-inch Nicholas Chubb. Now on to running backs 11 through 20, where we can see some new faces. At 11, we have Antonio Gibson, where Cam Akers was previously ranked. Cam Akers obviously ends up tearing his Achilles, which is a terrible injury. With today's medicine, with the fact that he's so young, I believe that he will be able to bounce back, will be able to get healthy, and in 2022, he's going to be a 
a player that I'm a huge fan of that I'm going to talk up next offseason. Just like I talked up this offseason before the injury, I wish him the best. I hope he ends up being able to stay healthy, to get healthy. Cam Akers was really one of those guys that probably would have been in a video that I'm going to be making relatively soon, talking about my guys at each position, the guys that I am heavily targeting in on for fantasy football in 2021. Cam Akers was one of those guys with top five potential. I really honestly was disappointed when I saw that he ended up getting hurt. Not disappointed in him, but just disappointed for what could have been this season. So I hope Cam Akers is okay. So Antonio Gibson moves up from 12 to 11 running back of the Washington football team. And now is when things start to get new. At number 12, we now have Najee Harris running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Current underdog ADP overall pick 21 point zero running back number 13 off the board now with Najee Harris there comes a couple of question marks the biggest question mark is the offensive line if the offensive line continues to play as bad as soft as dog shit as they were last season then Najee Harris could struggle but there's also the thought process that while the offensive line might not be the best while they try to be a more pass heavy team Najee Harris is a player that is going to be fitting very well in the system because he is like a running back like Le'Veon Bell, who's very solid at getting the pass catching work on the team. He's also going to be very proficient runner when given the opportunity. So even if this team is going to be pass heavy, which is pretty obvious to project with how bad the offensive line is, that Najee Harris could still be successful even with less touches. If you imagine the Pittsburgh Steelers of the past when Le- before Le'Veon Bell was on the jet skis in Miami, when he was actually playing football for the fucking team, back when Juju wasn't even there, when it was Antonio Brown, Martavius Bryant, all those other guys, they were still running the ball not that much. Antonio Brown was getting like 12 fucking targets every single game. It seemed like that's probably a very high number for a run, or for a wide receiver, obviously. But if you guys remember, they were throwing the ball a lot. And the running back, Le'Veon Bell, was still able to be successful. And this team is still head coached by the same guy. The quarterback is still the same guy. And I believe that Najee Harris is going to be seeing a whole lot of dump-offs in Pittsburgh in 2021. Now, there is definitely a shot that Najee Harris moves up the draft. Right now, he's falling down the draft board. He's actually down 3.87 picks in the last week. But there is potential in late August, early September, before you guys are drafting, that people see these blurbs out of training camp about how good Najee Harris looks about how this is the best Najee Harris we've ever seen and then there's going to be preseason games where Najee Harris busts up a defense and he flies up the draft board would you personally let me know down below in the comment section would you be surprised if Najee Harris is a first round pick first round ADP by the time you're drafting in August would I no I would not be surprised at all because rookie hype is one of the craziest facets of fantasy football. Every single year, there's going to be a rookie, whether it's a running back or a wide receiver, that just gets pushed immensely up the draft board. Normally, it's a running back, and I think this year, it's going to be Najee Harris. Last year, that running back's name was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who went all the way up to being drafted in the top five in some leagues. You need to make sure you cool down a little bit on Najee Harris if he's getting drafted that high and retract, but as the number 13 running back off the board is my running back number 12, I am very happy to select Najee Harris, even with the downside of the fact that they are going to be passing so much.
Looking at Najee Harris's college stats, there's a reason why he was drafted as the first running back off the board inside of the first round in 2020. At the age of 22, he played in 13 games, having 251 rushes for 1,466 rushing yards, 5.8 yards per carry, 30 total tugs on the season, with 43 receptions on 57 targets for 425 receiving yards. In 2019, at the age of 21, 13 total games, 209 rushing uh, attempts, 1,200. 24 rushing yards, 5.9 yards per carry, 5.8 yards per carry last season in 2020. He had 27 receptions in 2019 on 36 targets for 304 receiving yards and 20 total tugs on the season. Najee Harris is a running back that can do special things as long as you put the ball in his hand. And I believe that is exact in his hands. And I believe that is exactly what Mike Tomlin plans to do in 2021. They would not have drafted Najee Harris this high when they need offensive linemen. When they need help, they would not have drafted Najee Harris if they did not believe that he fit like a glove in this system like the hamburger fucking helper. So I believe that Najee Harris is going to tear it up in 2021. I believe that his ADP is worth it, and I'm happily slapping the mouse or the your phone, however you draft, or just putting the sticker on the board. I'm slapping it aggressively as I draft Najee Harris because I am very confident in an amazing rookie season in 2021. At number 13, this is where things start to get spicy. We have my old friend Joe Mixon running back of the Cincinnati Bengals underdog ADP overall pick 17.3 running back number 11. Now I say Joe Mixon is an old friend of mine because I've never met Joe Mixon. I hope I do. I'm one of Joe Mixon's biggest fucking fanboys. Joe Mixon, if you're watching this, I love you, but in reality, Joe Mixon hurt me last season. He hurt me badly. Joe Mixon was a running back that I was touting with top five potential because I thought that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to unload Joe Mixon. I saw what I've seen out of Joe Mixon in his career, and that is a talented running back handicapped by his team. So they bring in Joe Burrow. I'm super excited. I'm like, this is going to work. I believe in it. And then Joe Mixon basically just misses all these games. He only played in six games last season, finishing as the running back 49 in PPR, running back 49 in half PPR, and the running back 49 in standard. From a points per game perspective, Joe Mixon was the running back 11 in PPR, 11 in half PPR, and the running back number 12 in standard, averaging 16.6 PPR points per game, 14.8 half PPR points per game, and 13.1 standard points per game. So when he was healthy, he was putting up those numbers, but... But, but, this is something that not a lot of people are going to tell you. The majority of those points came from week four up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, where this man had 25 carries, ran 23 routes, had six targets, had six receptions, had a grand total of 181 total yards, three touchdowns, dropped 42.1 half PPR points in that game, and finished as the number one overall running back. The other weeks, he was running back 49, 27, 34, 18, and 11. So his numbers were heavily pumped up by that game. Now, does that mean that Joe Mixon really sucked last year? He was just all right. He was just all right. Wasn't the best, but had multiple weeks inside of the top 20. So my thought process with Joe Mixon is basically that if you have to draft him inside of the top 12 at the running back position, I don't want to do that. I That's why he's at number 13. He's just creeping up there because I believe that there is a lot of talent in Joe Mixon's body. I am just not sure that I want a running back on this team. The offensive line, again, still not the greatest. Joe Mixon is not necessarily Najee Harris with his hands. He does have pass-catching ability, but it doesn't seem like 
the team or the coach at least wants to get the ball in Joe Mixon's hands. Now Giovanni Bernard, Giovanni Bernard is now gone and in Tampa Bay, which is great for Joe Mixon. But I'm not too sure we're going to see a top five season out of Joe Mixon, which is where you're looking to draft a running back in this range with top five potential. Now, I can see it because in seasons prior, he was genuinely really good. In 2019, if you look at the numbers down the stretch, this guy was an absolute monster from about week eight on. Week eight, he dropped 17.7 points. Week 10, up against Baltimore, 17.1, then 17.3 the next week, then 7, Trey's down game, but then 17, 27.6, 18.6, 9.3, 30.6. So we have seen a point in Joe Mixon's career where this guy was a genuinely excellent running back for fantasy football. The question is, will he be given the opportunity this year, and can he stay healthy? I believe if he is able to stay healthy in 2021, and this offense is as good as I believe it can be, and Joe Mixon is actually given the targets that he is deserving of, then he will be good. So that's why I got him at running back number 13. I think people, again, are always going to be on the Joe Mixon hype train. Joe Mixon is a guy that I personally cannot quit on. He's like a cigarette addiction. That is basically how I feel about Joe Mixon. Every single year, I see this motherfucker inside of the second round, and I just slam the draft button aggressively. He's not like Najee Harris, where I'm saying maybe, I I don't even know what I said about Najee Harris. Did I say I would just tap the draft button? No, I said I was going to smack the draft button aggressively for Najee Harris. For Joe Mixon, back in the day, I was slapping my cock onto the draft button like, boom, ready to fucking roll. I was so happy to get Joe Mixon, but this year, I'm pivoting back in a little like a turtle into a shell or something. I'm still happy with Joe Mixon. I think he should be good, but but man, oh man, if he disappoints again, he is officially dead to me. And number 14, we have running back of the Baltimore Ravens, a running back that a lot of people aren't putting too much respect on. Underdog ADP, overall 34.9, running back 16 off the board, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is one of those running backs that I feel very strongly about. Very strongly. J.K. Dobbins is on one of the most run-heavy teams inside of the National Football League. They finished number one two years in a row. And then in 2018, they were number three in rushing. With Lamar Jackson, the team's going to run the ball a lot. And that should be obvious. Now, I know you might be thinking, Nick, that's because Lamar Jackson runs the ball so much. That is true. That's very true. Lamar Jackson does love to run the football. But when you're running the ball so effectively... You can give the ball to J.K. Dobbins, right? Last year, J.K. Dobbins was in a three-headed backfield. He was with, it was Dobbins, it was Gus Bus Edwards, and it was Maki Mock Ingram. So that wasn't the greatest, right? Because Ingram, at the beginning of the year, was doing pretty well. It's because Ingram in 2019 was coming off a absolute heater of a season. So they waited a bit on J.K. Dobbins. And then eventually they were like, damn, Mark Ingram sucks. <laughs> no, it doesn't actually suck, right? He's all right, but they're like, hey, Get J.K. Dobbins some more touches. And then eventually, they started working in J.K. Dobbins more, and they were, like, scratching Mark Ingram, or he was getting, like, a touch a game. It seemed like he was just useless in fantasy football. But Dobbins started to get more work. So he finished in 15 games as the running back 24 in PPR 21 and half PPR and 17 in standard, averaging 11.2 PPR points per game, 10.6 half PPR points per game, and 10 standard points per game. Meaning, from points per game perspective, Dobbins was the running back 33 in PPR, 30 in half PPR, and 28 in standard tied with... With James Conner. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Oh, Nick, his points per game were very low, which is true, but that includes the games 
where at the beginning of the season, he wasn't the guy. Where Ingram's getting touches, Gus Bus Edwards is getting more touches than him. Towards the end of the season, this guy was getting about... 12, 13, 14 points per game. Week 11 up against Tennessee finishes the running back 8, running back 21, running back 22, 20, 21, and the running back number 6 up against the Cincinnati Bengals in week number 17 of the season. So I believe that if J.K. Dobbins is the back that is getting a majority of the touches, which he should, and they're running the ball this much, then why is there any doubt that Dobbins couldn't finish as a top 12 running back. Now, I understand people will also make the argument that, hey, Nick, J.K. Dobbins doesn't catch a bunch of passes, and that was true last season, but at the collegiate level, J.K. Dobbins showed a whole lot of talent in the pass-catching game. He also wasn't a guy at The Ohio State University who was getting a million targets. In 2018, he had 30 targets, 26 receptions. In 2019, at 21 years old, he had 23 receptions on 31 targets, but he was a guy that when you get the ball in his hands, he is going to be able to make those explosive moves to get the team up the field. I think that the reason why J.K. Dobbins is falling out of favor with many fantasy players is because of the emergence of Gus Edwards that a lot of people are talking about. I think Gus Edwards is a fine pick, but I am so excited to be drafting J.K. Dobbins early on in the draft because I think that he is going to see a strong uptick in carries. He was only averaging 8.9 per game last season. If he is able to get 12, 13, 14, 15 touches a game, and then he's getting more targets, this is a guy that could easily finish as a top. 12 running back in 2020. Last year, he had 134 carries, ranking 33rd at the running back position. 33rd at running back in carries, but he finished top 16 in rushing yards, 805. He also had 24 targets, 18 receptions, and 120 receiving yards, and 9 total touchdowns. With little opportunity, he was still finding the end zone, 16th highest at the running back position. So you just have to believe in the talent and the system here in Baltimore. They are a team that wants to run the fucking rock, so you draft the running back on that team. To me, that is a pretty simple thought process. At number 15, we have running back of the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Carson. Underdog ADP, running back number 17, overall pick 37.8. But before we get into the breakdown of Chris Carson, I'd like to ask that we are about 15, 16, 17 minutes into this video to please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below if you've enjoyed thus far. Not only is it free, I put out this content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 Fantasy Football Championship. And make sure while you're down there to hit the like button as well to help boost this video up the algorithm. So number 15, we have Chris Carson. This is another running back that a lot of people seem to hate. A lot of people talk about how Chris Carson is injury prone, how he's going to get hurt again. But Chris Carson isn't really missing that many games on a year in, year out basis. Last year, sure, he missed 12 games, but 2019, he played in 15 games. So I'm not really too sure why there's so much of concern with injury for Chris Carson. In 12 games, Chris Carson was the running back 19 in PPR, 17 in half PPR, and running back 16 in standard, averaging 15.6 PPR points per game, 14.1 half PPR points per game, and 12.6 standard points per game. On a points per game per, uh, basis, he was the running back 14 in PPR, 14 in half PPR, and 13 in standard. This is another situation where I believe, this is my personal belief, that the Seattle Seahawks are going to try to run the ball more this season. Last year, even with Russell Wilson, I make this joke in a bunch of videos, but Russell Wilson is in the pocket cooking up a fucking five-star meal like his name was Gordon Ramsay. That's what he does. He cooks up a meal back there, and he's throwing the ball. He's throwing lasers. Touchdown, Metcalf. Touchdown, uh, touchdown Lockett. Touchdown, the other Moore, David Moore, who was on the team. So he was just cooking it up in these games. And even after that, even with the huge Let Russ Cook movement, it's trending on Twitter. Hashtag Let Russ Cook. 
and it didn't do anything because they were still trying to establish the run. Pete Carroll at the end of the season is like, we got to run more. That's him chewing his gum. We got to run the ball more. So if they want to try to commit to the run, then why would you not draft the running back who is on a team with a coach who loves to run the football? It's in his DNA. So with Chris Carson, you have a running back that is pretty talented in the pass-catching game, and not enough people talk about that for Chris Carson. 46 targets last year, 21st at running back. He had 37 receptions, 18th highest at the running back position for 287 receiving yards. He also had 141 carries. Mind you, this is just in 12 games for 681 rushing yards and nine total touchdowns. When Chris Carson is healthy, this guy is a top 12 running back week in, week out. Why is he not inside of my top 12? Because there is that slight injury concern that he might miss two or three games. Sure, you can say that. He might miss just one game, like he did in 2019. So you put the injury risk, you bake it in with the equation, and he comes out as running back number 15, and he comes out hot and fucking ready. This guy is coming out at 500 degrees because I am excited for this team. I'm excited for Seattle to try to run the rock with Chris Carson. I think a lot of people don't understand really how good of a running back Chris Carson actually is. Chris Carson is on a team with a pretty solid offensive line. Run blocking efficiency, 91.3 ranking, 8th at the running back position. His juke rate ranks 24th, evaded tackles 24th, yards per touch 17th highest at the running back position, but he was top 10 in true yards per carry with 4.7 ranking, 10th at the running back position. Because of how good the wide receivers are here on this team he only averages 6.5 defenders in the box ranking 56th at the running back position which is very good only six men or six and a half guys in the box I guess you just cut one of them uh, in half that's not actually how that works but you get it obviously so I believe that Chris Carson is going to be facing these light boxes and he is going to be able to devour up that defense. I'm a huge fan of Chris Carson. I've been a fan of Chris Carson for years. I talked him up last year, and he paid off when he was healthy. But this year, hopefully he's able to get that healthy season. At number 16, we have a guy that has really fallen. This guy has fallen out of love with the fantasy community. His name is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back of the Kansas City Chiefs, underdog ADP 22.0, running back number 14 off the board. And he fell out of love because of that hype I talked about a little bit earlier with Najee Harris, how everyone is smacking the fucking table aggressively like, man, oh man, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire time. They drafted him inside of the first round. Patrick Mahomes handpicked him. Andy Reid is talking this guy up as the best running back he's ever seen, the best running back he's ever going to coach. And people are like, damn, 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 damn. It's time to draft Clyde edwards Slayer. And people got excited, and I got excited as well. Not as excited as everyone else, because I was not drafting him in, like, the top 10, top 12, like some people were. And he ended up failing to live up to those expectations. To the expectation that he was going to finish as a top 10 or top 12 running back. But when everyone has that expectation... Then they start to fall out of love with the player because they're thinking, man, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire burned me last season. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire left me in the dust. In 13 games, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire finished as the running back 22 in PPR, 22 in half PPR, and 22 in standard. So when you're going as running back 12 off the board, he basically bent you over the table and fucked you without the use of any lube, averaging 13.5 PPR points per game, 12.2 half PPR points per game, and 10.8 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the running back 23 in PPR, 24 and half PPR tied with Melvin Gordon, and the running back 26 in standard. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
had an all right rookie season. But when you have all these expectations, like I keep saying, and you don't live up to them, then people are going to be disappointed. So that's why he's going at a discount now, running back 14 off the board, which is a pretty acceptable price for him. But I could see him falling even further down a lot of drafts that you're doing with your friends, with your co-workers, because last season people remember what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did to them. Running back number 22 on the season last year to every single format, like I said. He had 181 carries last season. He had 803 rushing yards, 55 targets, 36 receptions, 297 receiving yards, and five total touchdowns in just 13 games. And much of the season, the Chiefs' offensive line was not the greatest. If you guys remember in the Super Bowl, the offensive line was completely injured. They did have, they were a lot more healthy during the season, but later in the playoffs, they just kept getting demolished. But they really rebuilt this offensive line to be very strong. I believe that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a very sneaky pick inside of the third round of drafts, or maybe the late second round at this point, pick 22.0. So he's a late second round pick. But in a lot of leagues, like I said, he's going to fall into the third round. And while he's not the biggest of running backs, five foot seven 207 pounds well he's not going to be a guy that jams the ball down the defense's throat just doing that rb dive like you're playing madden just running straight up the gut trying to run the ball he's not that kind of a guy but he is a shifty running back that you can dump the ball off to and could be very effective when you are giving him the rock he had eight goal line carries last season 14 ties at the running back position and i'm almost sure Four of those were in the first game of the season. If you guys remember, up against the Texans week one, they gave the ball so many times to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he was never able to score. I don't even think he scored a touchdown in that game from the one-yard line that they were on for maybe 20 minutes. If you remember that game, it was so funny because they kept handing it to Clyde and he kept getting stuffed because that's not really where you're gonna where Clyde's gonna score a touchdown. He's gonna score a touchdown from like 10 yards out, from five yards out, where they're not stacking the box or where he gets a dump off and he's able to take it to the house. And now I know what people might be thinking, Nick, you're so positive on all these guys inside of the top 16 so far. That's because I am. But once we get to running back 18, 19, 20, I mean, at a certain range things really start to damper down and my expectations go out the window. That's why I'm really heavy. I'm not like, like I'm really fucking fat or something. That's why I'm really heavy in on drafting running backs early because if you can bang, bang, one, two, double pump the running backs early on in the draft, then you're not taking a guy like that we're going to be talking about later that I don't like as much. So I'm pretty confident in a lot of these guys inside of the top 20. Uh, at number 19, though, that's when things start to go a little bit downhill. At number 17, we have running back of the Chi-Town Bears, underdog ADP running back 18, David Montgomery. Overall pick right now, 43.2. Now, David Montgomery last year had an excellent season. After a lot of people were starting to clown on him because he wasn't all that great early on in the season, in 15 games, finishes the running back 4 in PPR, 4 and half PPR, and the running back number 6 in standard, averaging 17.7 PPR points per game, 15.9 half PPR points per game, and 14.1 standard points per game. From a points per game perspective, he was number 8 in PPR, number 9 and half PPR, and the running back number 10 in standard. And a lot of that comes with the increase in touches, the overwhelming increase in targets, I should say, that he got after Tariq Cohen ended up going down. He had 68 targets, one off of being very nice. I like 4.8 per game, ranking sixth at the wide or at the running back position. He had 1,070 rushing yards on 247 carries. He had 438 receiving yards, number four, 54 receptions, number five at running back, and 10 total touchdowns, ranking 10th at the running back position. So this guy was getting 
all of Tariq Cohen's work just jammed into his workload in a game, which was great, which was awesome, which was beautiful for fantasy football last season, but you have to expect the targets to go down. But Tariq Cohen is appearing that maybe he's not going to be good for week one, that maybe he's going to need more time going into the season to get ready. So, because of the injury. So, that's really good for David Montgomery. And if David Montgomery is able to assert this dominance over the backfield as a workhorse running back, which he should be, then I don't know why Nagy would realistically put Tariq Cohen into the game in a lot of these situations when David Montgomery is a perfectly fine pass-catching running back. So, that's my thought process on it. Things could go sour if Tariq Cohen's good to go week one and he tears it up a little bit. And then, boom, David Montgomery gets the huge decrease because he's not getting those targets. But where he's going right now, running back 18, just seems a little bit crazy. Because we saw him put up multiple games last season where he carried your fantasy team. Where he was the reason why you won that week. So, I think that running back 18 is just way too low for the potential that Montgomery has, especially with this news that Tariq Cohen probably won't be good to go in week number one. At number 18, we have running back DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions, underdog ADP running back number 15, overall pick number 33.9. Now, I'm certainly lower on DeAndre Swift than the rest of the crowd, and it's because of a glaring reason. Underdog ADP overall 33.9. That glaring reason is that the Lions are going to fucking suck. They are going to be terrible and they're not going to be able to run the ball a lot late in the games now there's running backs every single year that are on dick cheese teams that are on teams that cannot get the ball moving at all and they still succeed so that is not necessarily a reason not to draft him but I believe that when a defense sucks as bad as the Lions when their offense has no receivers from last year they don't have Marvin Jones they don't have Kenny Galladay they have TJ Hawkinson and a bunch of fucking scrubs like Terrell Williams and I actually like Terrell Williams for fantasy, but that's because I think he's going to be the wide receiver one that has some value. But this team is not going to be very good, so they're not going to be able to run the ball. The hope, the hope with DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, is that he's going to be a target monster, which he should be, which is going to revive him from falling outside of the top 20. In 13 games, he finishes the running back 18 in PPR, 18 and a half PPR, and the running back number 20 in standard, averaging 14.6 PPR points per game, 12.8 half PPR points per game, and 11.1 standard points per game. Meaning, from a points per game perspective, he was the running back 18 in PPR, 20 and a half PPR, and the running back 22 in standard, tied with about 60,000 other running backs. Now, when it comes to DeAndre Swift, this is another player that is kind of like... Kamara, kind of like, not really like Eckler, because I think Eckler can really, well, so can Kamara. They can both really rush the ball, but the point is where a lot of their points are going to come from catching the ball and not really from being an actual running back and rushing the ball. I say this because last year, Swift only had 114 carries, but he wasn't really the lead back until later on in the season. He had 57 targets, 13 ties to running back. 357 receiving yards, 11th highest at running back, 46 receptions, 12th highest at running back. He had 521 rushing yards, 36th at running back, and 10 total touchdowns. I've noticed that in this video, a lot of running backs finished with 10 total touchdowns, so I'm not going to look it up, but it's probably interesting how many running backs tied for that spot at number 10. So with DeAndre Swift, a lot of the points are going to be coming from the pass-catching game, but he is now the number one back on this team. But there is also a lot of praise from the team for Jamal Williams, who's his backup, who they're saying it's a 1A, 1B scenario, which worries me. It does worry me because Swift is really good at pass catching. Jamal's a pretty good real runner. So 
it, it does kind of worry me. That's why he's at 18. Again, doesn't mean DeAndre Swift's a shit player. I am just not in love with this situation. At number 19, we have Josh Jacobs, running back of the Las Vegas Raiders. Underdog ADP 54.7, down 8.8 picks this week. Basically down a whole round. Uh, underdog ADP running back number 20, so I'm one spot above the consensus there. In 15 games, he finished as the running back 8 in PPR, 8.5 PPR, and the running back number 8 in standard. Averaging 15.4 PPR points per game, 14.3. Half PPR points per game and 13.2 standard points per game. Meaning from points per game perspective, he was the running back 15 in PPR, running back 13.5 PPR, and the running back number 11 in standard. So Jacobs had a pretty solid season last year, but those numbers... Don't really impact my thought process on it because of what the team did to him. The team did Josh Jacobs dirty. Just like the the Chargers, you know, they're co- not the coaching, the Chargers doctors did Terod Taylor dirty by stabbing him aggressively. Josh Jacobs got done dirty by the Raiders because Josh Jacobs, from my perspective, from most people's perspective, is a pretty solid running back, right? I'm not saying he's the next Christian McCaffrey or something, but he's a starting running back in the NFL. He's like a top 12 guy, fringe, top 12 running back in the NFL. But what they did to him, what John Gruden and the team did to him, was fuck him over. What they did is they took the offensive line and dismantled it. They took the offensive line and fucking dribbled it around and threw it onto the waiver wire, free agency, whatever you want to call it. So they did that. And then you know what they do in free agency? They get on the phone. Gruden gets on the phone. He dials up. He says, hey, I just dropped my phone charger. But he goes, hey, can I get the phone number to Kenyon Drake? He calls up Kenyon Drake. He tells Kenyon Drake, hey, I've said hey like six times in that sentence. Hey, Kenyon Drake, you want to come over here to Las Vegas? I don't believe in Josh Jacobs. I don't know how to do a John Gruden accent. I don't believe in Josh Jacobs. That's definitely not his accent, but he, that sounds more like Jerry Jones. But he doesn't believe in Josh Jacobs, basically, is what I'm implying from this situation because they bring in Kenyon Drake. And I don't think that necessarily takes Josh Jacobs' potential and throws it out the window. It does in some way because his pass-catching work which is what you like for fantasy football, what was rumored to increase last season and didn't increase is now completely out the window to increase in 2021 because they bring in Kenyon Drake, who's a fine pass-catching running back, who's a fine NFL running back. I am worried about Josh Jacobs. I think he could still finish inside the top 20, so it's kind of foolish to not take him in the range where he's going right now as pick 54.7 because he is pretty safe because he's going to get a lot of carries. I just think that his targets or any chance of him getting a strong uptick in targets is now gone. 273 carries last season, 1,064 rushing yards, finishing 8th at running back, 45 targets. He had 33 receptions, 238 receiving yards, and 12 total touchdowns in just 15 games. So he was pretty dominant last year, finishing 4th highest at the running back position in total touchdowns. But what if the touchdowns now start to decrease? The targets decrease. And Kenyon Drake's in the game more than... Because Kenyon Drake's the best running back that Jacobs has played with at Las Vegas. There was no other running back that's really vying, if that's the correct word, trying to take his spot. There's no running back that could have taken his spot. But here, Kenyon Drake's not going to take his spot, but he is going to be seeing more touches than the guys behind him in the past, like Devontae Booker. So that's why I'm a little nervous on Josh Jacobs, and that's why things start to get a little spicy uh, after running backs 19. At number 20, we have my guy, that bitch, Carol Gaskin, running back of my Miami Dolphins underdog ADP running back number 24 overall pick right now off the board 65.9 down 8.78 spots on the week 
I don't know what people have against Miles Gaskin. If I'm being honest with you, he played in 10 games last year, was the running back 28 PPR, 27 and a half PPR, 27 in standard, averaging 16.4 PPR points per game, 14.4 half PPR points per game, and 12.3 standard points per game. From a points per game perspective, he was running back number 13 in PPR, 12 and a half PPR, and the running back number 14 in standard. What's wrong with those numbers? Nothing, really, right? Because on a points per game perspective, he was a top 12 running back almost. In all formats, 14 in standard, 12 and a half PPR, 13 in PPR. So what are people scared about? Salvin Ahmed is going to be involved. That is might be why some people are nervous, right? He's not a true workhorse running back on the Dolphins. He's going to get most of the touches, most of the carries, most of the receptions. But he's not a true workhorse running back. I understand that. And there's worries that, hey, maybe two was not the greatest and maybe they struggle. That's a worry for some people, not a worry for myself. I am a Tua Tungavailoa believer. I am a Dolphins fan, though, but I don't try to put too much bias into it when it comes with these players you've seen on the wide receiver list. None of those guys were in my top 32, so at least previously, maybe I'll move them up. But right now, I'm not really someone who's a fan, lets my fandom push ahead of what I actually believe. But I truly, I truly believe, like the fucking hard seltzers, that Miles Gaskin can be an excellent running back in fantasy football because he was last year. He did it with Fitz, and he did it with Tua. And if Tua takes the next step up and the defense is still just as good, they're going to try to run the ball late in games because they're going to be winning. The thought is, though, that they are going to be trying to be more aggressive down the field, so maybe Tua's not dumping it off as much. So still, you're getting him at running back 24 off the board right now. I got him as 20. He had a grand total of... 142 carries, he had 584 rushing yards, he had 47 targets, 41 receptions, 388 receiving yards, and 5 total touchdowns in just 10 games. So he was pretty solid. And no one thought in their right mind that Miles Gaskin was going to be the guy going into last season. Everyone's debating Jordan Howard versus Matt Burita, and that argument was one of the dumbest arguments I've had with myself in years. It was like the battle of the past. Do you want Geronimo Allison or do you want Marquez Valdez-Cantling? The answer is neither of them in Green Bay, but similar argument there. But Miles Gaskin is going to be in a pretty solid role here with this offense. So I'm fine drafting Miles Gaskin. I see some upside for a top 12 top twelve weeks from him. There are going to be some down weeks where maybe Tua isn't able to get it going. But I think that if Tua is able to step up, like I believe he will, then Miles Gaskin is a steal later on in drafts. But I did have difficulty ranking him and the next player because I think they are so, so close in my mind. And that is running back number 21. 21, what's 9 plus 10? 21. <laughs> That's such a stupid fucking joke. <laughs> when I was in high school, when I was like, I think I was like a freshman in high school when Vine was really popping off, like eighth grade, maybe maybe freshman year of high school, when what's nine plus 10, 21 was actually like a funny joke. And I don't know why I thought about it, but it, I don't know. That's such a shitty fucking joke, but I just, I just find it to be funny. I don't know why. Uh, Mike Davis, underdog ADP, running back number 21. My overall number 21 running back overall picked 56.1 minus 6.21 in the past week. Last year, Mike Davis was going undrafted in most leagues for good reason, right? Chris McCaffrey's the guy in Carolina, but McCaffrey gets hurt and Davis is elevated to the starting role and Davis dominated when he was the starter on the team, was dominant. 15 games, running back 12 in PPR, 15 and a half PPR, 18 in standard, averaging 13.8 PPR points per game, 11.8 half PPR points per game, and 9.8 standard points per game. From a points per game perspective, he was running back 21 in PPR, 27 and a half PPR, and 30 in standard. So if you look at his game log, you can clearly see in the games where McCaffrey was playing versus without. So it's pretty clear that when you give 
the rock to Mike Davis an aggressive amount of times when you dump the ball off to him that he's going to be good. He's like Christian McCaffrey if Christian McCaffrey wasn't as good. The reason why Mike Davis wasn't the starter last year is because Christian McCaffrey is ahead of him. Now he's in Atlanta where they are void of all running backs. They don't have anyone there. Todd Gurley is gone. People believed in Todd Gurley last year, right? I did not. I knew what you were getting into with the knee arthritis, but some people, they look past it, you know? Nick's not a doctor, so what does he know? And again, I am not a doctor. That is true, but I was against Todd Gurley. But people projected Todd Gurley to be like a top 12 potential running back, and people are down on Mike Davis? Why would you be down on Mike Davis if you believe Todd Gurley could be a top 12 running back? Mike Davis could easily be a top 12 running back, but the thing is, the Atlanta Falcons, they're not going to run as much as the Carolina Panthers. Because Matt Ryan is one of those guys that is in contention every single year for throwing the most amount of balls in the NFL. He's slinging those balls around like his name is Johnny Sins. Mike Davis is not going to be getting as much rushing, but he's going to get a lot of dump-offs. He's going to be useful in this offense. If you guys remember in the past, Devontae Freeman. That's his name. Devontae Freeman of the Atlanta Falcons was good. But Nick, that's with a different head coach. I know. But the same quarterback was dumping the ball off to him last year. 165 carries for Mr. Mike Davis, 642 rushing yards, 70 targets, 59 receptions, 373 receiving yards, and eight total touchdowns on the season. With the fact that this team, like I said, they're void of the running back position. They don't have anyone behind Mike Davis. Why do people not sing the praises, sing the fucking fantasy football gospel for Mike Davis? I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm all in on Mike Davis. If I don't go running back early, which I normally do, or if I'm looking for my running back three, so I go running back, running back, which is, again, you're not supposed to go into the draft of the strategy. I'm just saying in a situation, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. Then the fifth round, it's Mike Davis or Miles Gaskin every single time, unless David Montgomery falls that far. Every single time, it is one of those running backs. I am very excited about Davis's opportunity in Atlanta. Next up, this is when things genuinely go downhill. Like, you thought it started going downhill. Now, you are off your fucking rocker. There is no way I am drafting running back Miles Sanders, underdog ADP 44.1, underdog ADP running back 19. This is a guy that is an illusionist. He is an illusionist because there is an illusion from every single person that Miles Sanders has an inch, an ounce of talent, I should say, in his veins. An ounce of talent. He has nothing. No, I'm just kidding, right? He's, he's still a fine running back, but what makes you believe like that he's not just going to get completely skull-fucked and vultured by Lamar Jackson, not by Lamar Jackson, by, um, by Jalen Hurts? But Nick, you just said Lamar Jackson, because the thing is that I was trying to imply that this is a worse situation, in my opinion, than with Lamar Jackson, because at least Lamar Jackson is going to hand the ball to J.K. Dobbins, I believe, a lot. I don't know what's going to be happening here with Miles Sanders. I don't know why, but this team has continued to not believe in Miles Sanders. The head coach is gone. I know Peterson's gone. But they still have so many running backs on this roster that are going to be touching the ball. This is not a workhorse role for Miles Sanders. It's not. But for Davis, it could be a workhorse role. For Gaskin, it could be a workhorse role. For Sanders, I know for a fact, it is not going to be a workhorse role. And I know for a fact that I am not super in on Jalen Hurts. That I'm not a big believer in Jalen Hurts. So with all of that intertwined together, I don't trust Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders last year, again, talked up, does nothing. 164 carries, 
871 rushing yards, 52 targets, 28 receptions, 197 receiving yards, six total touchdowns. He, in 12 games, running back 23 in PPR, 23 and half PPR, 21 in standard, averaging 14.2 PPR points per game, 13 half PPR points per game, 11.9 standard points per game. From a points per game perspective, running back 20 in PPR, 19 half PPR, 16 standard, tied with Antonio Gibson. If you guys remember going into last season, people were sitting on their high horse proclaiming about Miles Sanders. You guys like my cat shirt, by the way? <laughs> but proclaiming about Miles Sanders that he is going to be in this elite situation. Jordan Howard is gone, or whoever left their team. Yeah, Jordan Howard, because he's been on the Dolphins. This is going to be amazing. When he's given the touches, what does he do? Nothing. Nothing. I don't understand the Miles Sanders hype. Don't understand it at all. Running back 23, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, not a guy I'm super excited to draft. Running back 25, I just feel like he's a safe pick. Underdog ADP, overall 69.3. Very nice. I like Kareem Hunt. So, yeah, he's a guy that... His upside is limited by Nick Chubb. But Nick, when Nick Chubb was playing, Kareem Hunt had more points per game. I know. I know that. But his upside is limited by Chubb. Chubb's upside, limited by Kareem Hunt. That's just how this offense is. They're very run-heavy teams. That's why he's in the top 24, because he's a safe pick. Every single week, you know what he's going to do. He's going to get you know, like 13 PPR points a game, and you're fine with that because of where you're drafting him. Uh, Cleveland running back in 16 games, finished as the running back number 10 in PPR, 10.5 PPR, and 10 in standard, averaging 13.7 PPR points per game, 12.5. PPR, half PPR points per game, 11.3 standard points per game. From a points per game perspective, running back 22 in PPR, 21 and half PPR, and 20 in standard. This is one of those key reasons why you look into the finish on the season for his points per game finish because he played all 16 games, which heavily elevated him up the rankings. And that Chubb wasn't there, gave him more opportunity. Even if he didn't play as good in those games, I'm still going to proclaim that he does have better opportunity without Nick Chubb there. 198 carries, 841 rushing yards, 304 receiving yards on 51 targets, 38 receptions, and 11 total touchdowns. He'll probably have a fine season again. But nothing that gets me excited. At number 24, we have Chase Edmonds. This is where things really do go downhill. This is a guy that has fallen really out of favor, which I don't understand. But I do understand because does Cliff Kingsbury really believe this is the guy? I'm having an internal battle at 24 for Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, and Darrell Henderson. But I'm not ready to proclaim Darrell Henderson as top 24 because of the situation could get very much dampened by them adding another running back. Chase Edmonds, they already did add another running back, though, in James Conner. But James Conner has proven year in and year out that he can't stay healthy. Underdog ADP, running back 27 for Edmonds. Overall pick 78.3. Finished as the running back number 25 in PPR, 28.5 PPR, and 30 in standard playing in 16 games with two starts last season, averaging 10.5 PPR points per game, 8.8 half PPR points per game, and 7.2 standard points per game. On a points per game basis, he was running back 36 in PPR, 37.5 PPR, and 43 in standard. The reason why he's here is because I think his upside is very high for him to really have that season we've been waiting for Edmonds to have. But the reason why he's not much higher is because of the, you know, the, the, the devil on my shoulder versus the angel. The angel says, Nick, Chase Edmonds is pretty good. The devil says they brought in James Conner for a reason, and when Kenyon Drake was down, they weren't really committed to Chase Edmonds last season. So it's a, it's a fucking... What is that called? Tug of War-esque battle between the devil and the angel on my shoulder against Chase Edmonds. He's a fine running back out of Fordham. Fine running back. Good at pass catching. 
97 carries last year, only 448 rushing yards, 68 targets, one off of being very nice, 53 receptions, 402 receiving yards, five total touchdowns. He's fine running back. But James Conner severely limits what could happen. But what could also happen is James Conner gets hurt like he always does, and Chase Edmonds is the workhorse back, and then boom, top 24 running back. So I think he does have a lot of potential, but there's also a lot of pullback. That's why he's running back 24. But if I'm being honest with you, the more we hear about this backfield in August with training camp and shit starting very soon, like started today training camp, if we start hearing things that James Conner's looking like he's going to start, then I'm taking Chase Edmonds. He's flying. The fuck? He's gotten the first flight out of town. He doesn't even get first class. He's got to go on a Spirit Airline plane. The fuck out of my top 24. So thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this long video. I hope you enjoyed this fun time that we had today. I love you guys all. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Check out the video I did for Awesome O yesterday. I should have shouted that out at the beginning of the video. My video I did yesterday, my wide receivers do not draft wide receiver list. Today's video, there will be one on Awesome O as well. Make sure you check that out as well. Awesome O Fantasy Football on YouTube. That's where I'm going to post an extra video every single day, Monday through Friday. But there's always going to be a video here for you guys as well. I love you guys. Thank you for all of the support. Uh, the subscribers are coming in quick. They're coming quick like... Uh, not a re Is that erectile dysfunction? Is that... No, premature ejaculation. Coming in quick like some premature ejaculation. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your guys' day. Good boy!